I want to invite you to take your Bible, turn it over to John chapter 20. Maybe it's your digital Bible, but if you're connected, watching the live stream on your device, maybe you want to go and have a, uh, a physical Bible. We're going to pray that the Lord would reveal himself to us this morning in a special way, in a powerful way. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is life to us. Your words are powerful. Your word is more powerful than a two-edged sword. It, it goes into us, and it shows us who Jesus is. Father, I pray that you bring your word alive to us this morning, that you show us the resurrection power of Jesus and how it changes everything, that what Jesus did when he died and was buried and rose from the dead, that it changed everything for all eternity. We give you honor for your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, if you want the notes, you can always go to lifeway.church, then forward slash uh, 04-12-20. That's how you can get to the notes. You can go back and look at them. You can uh, watch the video again as you you're probably aware of, you can share this out. Start a watch party as you're watching right there and um, let people know. Share this message. It's powerful. The title this morning is Jesus Visits You Right There. Right there where you are. He's visiting you. He, he's coming to you this morning and visiting you. And Jesus said, where two of you are gathered in my name, I'm there with you. And so maybe you're, maybe you're alone, but because we're connected uh, through the digital medium of, of Internet, um, I'm there with you. We're there with you. We've got some folks in the room. And, and we're, we're hearing the same thing at the same time, so we're together in a sense. Jesus is right there with us. Jesus is not socially distancing or spiritually distancing himself. No, he wants to reveal himself to us like he did Mary at the tomb. You know, Mary was the one that, that went looking for Jesus after he rose from the dead. And when she got there, she looked in the tomb and she saw two angels. Then she heard someone speaking to her who she thought was the gardener, but it was really Jesus. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you like he did to the disciples in, in the house when he came to them. Like he did to the disciples when they were fishing, when he ate with them. This was all before he ascended to his throne in heaven. You know, Jesus had his disciples on his heart and his mind so much that he wanted to connect with them before he ascended to heaven. And that's really what stood out to me this year as I prayed and I asked the Lord, what, what would you have me say? Because there's so much to be said about the resurrection of Jesus. And I think it's, it's this one thing that Christ is so intimate with us. And this is such an intimate time this year 
that we're not able to gather in big buildings and big crowds, but we're, we're there together with our family, that Jesus wants to come where you are and reveal himself as the risen Lord right there where you are. Right there where you are. He wants to connect with you <laughs> this morning right there where you are. And so in John 20, we see the empty tomb. Mary saw the empty tomb. Mary Magdalene saw the stone removed. And, and, and then she ran to Peter and John to tell them, Jesus is not there. He's not there. He left. He's gone, like, like he said. And, and, and Peter and John wanted to run back to the tomb. Uh, John thought that he outran Peter, you know. He may have trained a little bit to outrun Peter, but they went to go see for themselves. They wanted to, wanted to see. They were expecting that Jesus was the Son of God, that he would be raised from the dead. And so um, I thought it was important to, to see that Jesus came back to visit the disciples in the house. They knew, he knew where they were. He, he went back to the tomb. He, he spoke with Mary, but then he went to the disciples there in John chapter 20. He went to the disciples where they were. And that, that spoke to me that Jesus didn't conquer the grave so that we could big, big, build big buildings and create big productions. Wow, think about that. Think about that point. Jesus did not conquer the grave so that we could build big buildings or create these big productions every year. He conquered the grave and he rose from the dead to connect with people one by one. And so that's the value of this Resurrection Sunday. You know, we're learning through this season of sheltering in place the value of relationships and the value of life's essentials. Then there's another aspect of it, too, that Jesus came back before he ascended to the Father to touch those that were the most vulnerable by his death. You know, he had prepared, with, he prepared his disciples. He had walked with them for three years. And he told them over and over, this is what's going to happen. But when he came back, he, he wanted to connect with them. He wanted to bring them a, a few things and remind them of a few things. So he visited the disciples uh, twice within a week's time. And if you're looking in John chapter 20, we're going to read it here in a minute, but the first time he visited them was in uh, verses 19 through 23. And the second time that he visited them, it was in verses 24 through 29. The first time that he visited the disciples, Thomas wasn't there. And the second time he visited the disciples in their house. Um, Thomas was there. So Jesus appeared to those who he was closest to on the earth for their sake, not for his sake. Jesus was still serving before he ascended to the Father. All of this happened in John 20 before Jesus ascended to the Father. He came back to visit his disciples for their sake, to bring them peace he was still serving. He was still reminding them of his word. And Jesus wants to visit you right there where you are today. So there's three things 
that I believe that Jesus said to his disciples. There's basically three things. And we can see this in John chapter 20 and verse 19. I'm going to start reading. It says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when, when the disciples were together and the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be to you. Peace be to you. Isn't that awesome? Shalom means peace. And Jesus taught his disciples how to pronounce peace upon a person's house. And Jesus, when he went to visit with his disciples, he pronounced peace. He brought peace. There's shalom uh, that, that calms everything down. He knew that they must be dealing with the, the fear and the, the anxiety maybe. And after he said, peace be with you, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. That reinforcement that Jesus gave of his peace. We need the peace of God. It's so simple, but it's so powerful at the same time. The peace of God, the Prince of Peace, who had overcame death was ascending to the Father, but he made an intermediate stop on earth to bring peace to his disciples. I believe he wants to bring peace to you today. He wants to bring you peace. In fact, you know, in John 14, 27, Jesus talked to his disciples about peace before he was crucified. He was preparing them for his death. And he says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So Jesus made a distinction between his peace and the peace of the world. He says, I'm not, I'm not giving what the world gives. Maybe the world thinks peace is just silence or the absence of noise. No, but Jesus' peace is even greater he says, I give you my peace, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's what we need today, the peace of God that passes all understanding that only comes from Jesus. So today, he's visiting with you. He's behind your door. He's in your house. The resurrected king is visiting you, saying, peace, be still. If you're facing a storm, Jesus said, Peace be still in John 14. During the storm in John 20, he says, I bring you peace. Peace be with you. And after the storm, guess what Jesus is saying? Peace. He's full of peace. And when they needed peace, he brought peace. We need peace. And we need to hear Jesus saying, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And then we're authorized by Jesus to take the peace that he's given us and give to others. Jesus said, he said it like this, blessed are the peacemakers, the peacekeepers, for they shall inherit, they, they shall see the kingdom of God. He gave us his peace so that we could take peace to others. This is why it's so important that the, the body of Christ be Jesus in the earth today. His hands and his feet, our message is a message of peace. 
So take his peace. Take his peace. He said it when he appeared the first time, and he said it when he appeared the second time. The second thing that Jesus said was receive the Holy Spirit. In John 20, verse 21, he says this, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So, again, he refers back. He's, he's, he's actually accentuating or reminding us again of something that he said back in John 14. It's amazing how these three things that Jesus is saying here in John 20, he said to them in John 14 before he was crucified. In John 14, verse 15, he t- he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he tells his disciples, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. And so when I ask him, he's going to send the Holy Spirit. I will ask, and the Father will send. And it was implied that the, whole, the, the disciples would receive the Holy Spirit. If Jesus was asking the Father and the Holy Spirit was a gift to us, then we should receive the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 26 of John 14, he says that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And so Jesus was telling his disciples why they should receive the Holy Spirit because they needed another comforter, another teacher, another advocate, another counselor, another person that would stand by them to help them, a helper, a strengthener, a gift from the Father for them to receive. He was telling them that the Holy Spirit would equip them, equip them just like the Holy Spirit equipped him to do what he did. And so the Holy Spirit gives us power to go because Jesus said, In this discourse, receive the Holy Spirit, forgive anyone's sins. The sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they're not forgiven, but I'm sending you. I'm sending you with forgiveness. I'm sending you with the love. The power of the love of God comes from the person of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, receive this gift. Do what Jesus did by the power of the Holy Spirit. He taught them how to walk in this power of love and how to forgive those enemies that were against him. And then he empowered them to go and do what he did, to do just like he did, to fulfill his mission that he began on the earth. And so Jesus was saying to them, peace be with you, receive the Holy Spirit, there's power that I'm giving you, and I'm rehearsing, reminding you that you need the Holy Spirit. You need the person of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, in order to forgive. Do you need to forgive somebody today? (laughs) The only way you can forgive someone is through the power of love that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of love comes from the power of the Holy Spirit in order for us to forgive. And Jesus wanted us to go in the power of the Spirit. We find in Acts where he says, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay right here until you be filled with power. So as he appeared to his disciples there, 
as they were behind the door in their house before he ascended to the Father, he felt it was important to say, receive the Holy Spirit and then forgive. Forgive. How, how did Jesus forgive? I think the greatest way that he forgave was on the cross. One of the seven things that Jesus said on the cross, the first thing that he said was, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. There's such power in forgiveness. There's such power in forgiveness. We, Jesus connected the act of forgiveness with the power of the Holy Spirit, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to forgive. The third thing that Jesus said was stop doubting and believe. In John 20, verse 24, it begins talking about Thomas. Now, like I said a few minutes ago, that Jesus uh, visited this same house where the disciples were in John 20 twice within one week's period. And he had three things to say. The first thing was, peace be with you. The second thing was, receive the Holy Spirit. And the third thing was, stop doubting and believe. So I'm reading in verse 24 of John 20. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came the first time. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But, but he said to them, Thomas said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. <laughs> that speaks a lot of the grace and mercy of Jesus. You know, for him to come looking for Thomas... In order to show Thomas that he was alive means that Jesus is full of grace and mercy and compassion. Thomas says, if, unless I put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So a week later, the disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, so this is where we get Jesus walked through the walls. He was in a glorified body, but he had not ascended to the Father. He was coming to visit with his disciples. He walked to them, and he said, peace be with you. Here's Jesus again bringing a simple but powerful message of peace. They needed peace. And we need peace. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. And then he says, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, sometimes we read this verse and we think, well, wow, Thomas was a doubter and therefore he couldn't be blessed. But Jesus never said that Thomas wasn't blessed. I believe that Thomas was blessed because Jesus came back the second time and looked for Thomas and proved that he was alive, even though Thomas had doubts. 
If you're having a doubt today, if you're dealing with the doubt today, Jesus wants to reveal himself to you and say, look, it's me. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm here for you. Even though you've doubted, it's time to believe. Stop doubting and believe. John 14, 1, Jesus was talking to them. He knew that their faith would be shaken. And so in John 14, 1, he says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus was constantly trying to get his disciples to believe. Even though he walked with them for over three years and did miracles while he was walking with them. Jesus knew that their faith would be shaken. And he constantly wanted them to believe. I think it speaks to us that when we deal with doubt, we just need to stop doubting and begin to believe. The worst thing is not doubting. We all deal with doubt. The worst thing is after the Lord comes to you in mercy and has revealed himself to you to continue to doubt. So today I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to believe again. To look at Jesus. He's revealing himself to you. He wants to show you how powerful he is. He wants to show you that he's alive. Look at me. I'm the resurrected Christ. Here, put your finger here. Take your hand. Put it into my side. He's visiting you right there where you are. Intimate. He desires connection and a relationship with you. No matter where you are or who's with you right now, Jesus, with his peace and the power of the Holy Spirit, he's forgiving you and he's giving you that power to forgive. And he's saying to you, don't doubt, just believe. Today's all about believing. Today's all about accepting Jesus as he really is, the risen king, the Lord, the prince of peace. He defeated death, hell, and the grave for us. Just believe. Just believe. Just receive salvation. This is the greatest gift to mankind. Jesus went through what he went through to bring you all that God has for you. Today is your day. Accept this gift of salvation. If you'd like to begin to follow Jesus, or maybe you at one time years ago decided to follow Jesus and you just kind of walked away. I heard from someone this week that said, hey, it's been 20 years and, and I'm coming back to God. I know there are a lot of people that are coming back, walking with him again, praying for the first time in years. If that's you, let's make a decision to dedicate our life right now. If you'll pray this with me. Just close your eyes and let this come from your heart. Don't let anything distract you. Just make a decision. Say this, Jesus, I decide today to receive your gift of salvation. I believe that you are the Son of God, alive forevermore, that you rose from the dead, that you shed your blood for me. 
for my eternal salvation. I receive it now. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for stabilizing my faith, giving me your peace, and filling me with your power to love and forgive. I'm choosing now to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you and you decided to do that, let us know. Send us, send us a message. Send us your phone number. I'll call you. We'll pray together. Someone else from the church will call you. We just want to connect with you, and we want to connect you with God. Listen, we want to pray with you. So if you need prayer, let us know that. Because if it matters to you, it matters to God, and it matters to us. We're a church that believes what we pray. We believe the Word of God, and we pray that this be the best Easter that you've ever had. I, I, I want to speak to someone now that may be dealing with sickness, job loss, like I had said earlier, or even something in your body. You, you need a miracle. It's time to believe God. doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Just like Pastor Sheila said, yesterday's gone. It's gone. We can't bring it back. But what we can do, today is the day of salvation. Faith is now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Faith is now. And so now faith is. It's time to connect with miracles. You know, it was a miracle that Jesus raised from the dead. But Jesus actually called someone out of the tomb, Lazarus, before Jesus raised from the dead himself. And he said to Lazarus' sister, I am the resurrection and the life. And so Jesus brings life if we'll just receive it. Whatever you need from God, let's just pray right now. You know what you need, and so just ask him right there. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I need, I need a miracle. And I receive my miracle. And I thank you. I thank you for my new job. Father, I forgive those that may have laid me off or furloughed me or for whatever reason. I walk in love and I walk in forgiveness and I receive right now your provision and your supply and your protection. Father, thank you. I receive all of your promises. I believe all of your promises are yes and amen. And I thank you. I thank you. And Father, we just agree with people that are praying right now. Whatever they're praying about, according to your word, Father, we agree. And we know that when we pray according to your word, you hear us. And that we have those petitions or those requests we ask of you. This is the confidence that we have in you. And Father, we stake our prayer on our faith and on your word. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.